Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all, and I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Hey, you know what to do when you're grown, you know what's right. 19, 16, I don't know. I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark. It's one o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit. All right, everybody, welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode nine of the College Loop Podcast, and the second episode with a guest, Mr. Zach Card. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are y'all doing? Doing good. And you know, once again, I am joined by Harrison Tarr from the Auburn Daily where you can also find me. I just had an episode released yesterday from when this is being posted with Lance Todd talking about all Auburn recruiting over the weekend and going over their depth chart. Daniel Locke is in this corner, actually, over here. Daniel, how you doing? Can't complain. Back in Auburn, looking forward to a good semester and just talking some sports. Right on. Love to hear it. Well, just getting right into it. Uh, if you didn't hear, Sharif Cooper had himself a game in the G League. For the Cleveland, uh, what's it? The, I forgot the name of the G League team. And I do I have it written down? The I don't Cleveland know. affiliates. The oh gosh, I can see it clear as day. The charges. The charge. that might be it. Charge. charge. <laughs> Where he had a forty-three point, ten assist, and nine rebound game on Sunday. His career high in points. And this was important that we that we talk about, Dylan. We were going to talk about it anyways, but our first mailbag question of the episode, we're going to do start doing, as we talked about last week, looped in Tuesdays. You like that little catchphrase there, Zach? A little looped in <laughs> Tuesdays, yeah. uh, where we answer your mailbag questions on here. And right now we only have a handful, but as long as you guys want to send them to us, we'll continue to respond to them, even if we have to wind up bumping them over to TikToks or something like that. We'll explore that when we get there. Uh, AJ Rivera brought up a very good point on Twitter um, asking uh, our thoughts. And this is a large part of the reason that's nice that Zach's here. And before you answer, Zach, definitely plug yourself and let everybody know who you are. But uh, kind of asking our thoughts uh, and nobody better in this room than you and, and Daniel, for that matter, uh, about uh, Sharif Cooper's kind of rise to, to utter dominance uh, and the G League and, and his future potentially with the NBA and a potential some potential fits for him. Yeah, I mean, we saw the same thing when he was on the uh... – the Atlanta Hawks G League affiliate. I can't remember what the, the college park, like Skyhawks, Skyhawks or something. Um, we saw the same thing. Him drop high 30s, 40 bombs. Like we've seen it. He had a couple of games where he stepped up into into real like NBA uh, with the Hawks. He performed well, but like I don't know if he really has like a role to fill right now. We had talked about this a little bit before, but I just don't know. If there's a team out there that needs him, he's definitely one of the top names on the list for me of guys to get that bump up from the G League. But I just don't know if that'll happen this year or like next year, to be honest. It's certainly not in Cleveland, right, Daniel? No, uh, I just don't really think there's a door open there. Um, likely scenario would be going to a, a team kind of like 
Dylan um, was talking about with Zach before we started, just a team that doesn't really have consistent guard play off the bench. Uh, I struggled like to kind of like picture him with anyone. Um, I think Dylan said Toronto. That's one I, I could see that happening. Maybe Orlando. But other than those two, nothing really pops into my head immediately. And Larkin, uh, you you and Mr. Carter over here were talking about the Wizards before we went on air too. Um, the Wizards mm-hmm. seem to be a fit. But guys, let's I mean let's call a spade a spade here before we move into men's basketball. Uh, the frame's still not good. Um, the size is just still not where you want it to be. You can't make him grow. Um, I mean he's what listed six one, and I, I, that's a generous six one. Yeah, with shoes on. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. So. Uh, that's, I mean, I think that there's a, probably a career future in the, in the, in the G league, but not, not a career future in the NBA. Could this have been more beneficial to him? Like if he would have stayed another year at Auburn? Uh, bring that up too. Yeah. I think definitely, uh, I, I don't think it would have hurt, but also if you look at the guys <laughs> like, uh, with similar frame, similar skill set, uh, I don't want to comp them to Jalen Harper, um, Jared Harper, not Jalen Harper, excuse me. Jared Harper, um, because that's kind of unfair. Their games are significantly different, but also similar frames. It doesn't pan out. Um, at some point at the league level, you you have to be tall. <laughs> I mean, I really, I know that sounds so basic and 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 from a, such an elementary level um, of basketball, but at, in the NBA, everybody's big. And and Reef wasn't just wasn't that big. He was special, um, but he also didn't have the sample size to really have good draft stock. So um, I don't I don't know. Um, a year wouldn't another year at Auburn wouldn't have hurt him, but it probably would have hurt Auburn. That's a conversation for the offseason. Actually, a good conversation to talk about um, the implications of where Auburn might be with Sharif Cooper had he had stayed another year or two years. All right. Well, to transfer from the NBA to transfer to college basketball, Auburn plays at Ole Miss in the Pavilion tomorrow. Uh, I don't know the time. I forgot to write that down. Seven thirty Central. I could be wrong, but I think that's right. It's eight central. Eight central. Eight central. It's eight central tomorrow night. Yeah. <laughs> I start tonight when this podcast comes out. I'm an Eastern for those of you curious listening back home. That sucks so bad. All right. Anyways, carry on. It's uh, karma for our living in the best time zone. You're so correct. The central time zone is so much better. Um, look, looking at, look, let's look at this from kind of a, a breakdown standpoint and uh, kind of let everybody jump in. Um, Ole Miss, not good this year. Uh, Kermit Davis has been on a downhill slide. This, I mean, this is way too early to talk about this, but very well could be his last year in Oxford. I don't think it's too early to talk about it at all. I I, I think that that conversation is probably there. Um, The one three one defense only is is only good to win you like four games a year in the in the league in the SEC. So I I don't really know what the commitment is there. Um, Outside of their guard play, the the Rebels have been atrocious. Um, I mean, behind. Uh, Matthew Merle and uh, Deshaun Ruffin, um, uh, those guys are, are are putting the team on their back. Fourteen point seven and nine point oh or nine flat points a game. Uh, I mean, and when you look across the leaderboard, they're the only two names that pop up. Um, once you get past their guard play, it's bad. If you can get through the front of that one three one, it's it's score at will. Now, granted, we've seen this Auburn team not score, and we've seen them lose to bad teams. I.e., I still think Georgia is a bad team, but. Uh, I, I from from a general perspective, and then and then we're gonna we're gonna go around here. And I want to hear y'all's key matchups and things that Auburn needs to do and things that Ole Miss needs to do for that matter. Um, Auburn needs to use this as an opportunity to build on that momentum that they got over Arkansas. So um, we'll start. How about Mr. Locke? How are you feeling? What, what do you want? You want to give us a little 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 your thoughts here? Yeah, why not? So this is a team that from the film I've watched, which is 
not a whole lot. Um, when they played in Tuscaloosa, I went and watched the game. So that's about all the um, Ole Miss basketball I've watched. But they remind me a lot of Georgia. They kind of have that same feel to them where they have two guards who can move the ball a good bit. But if you get the ball inside, you're almost guaranteed a bucket. So if Auburn can find a way to penetrate, get some plays up to Janai Broom, um, maybe some Jalen Williams on the middle, mid-range, just some of that good Auburn basketball that we saw on Saturday night, I think you set yourself up for a pretty successful game. I would, oh, I would agree with that. Oh, and one thing, like the crowd will not be a factor. None. <laughs> None you whatsoever. You drop in the pavilion. Uh, Dylan, thoughts? Um, I know that uh, there's a lot to build off of, and we, and we were very high last episode off that last game. Um, time to bring it back down and realize that this team is still so far from perfect and so far from as good as it could be. Yeah, we're down a lower note. I'm kind of expecting a decline from Alan Flanagan. Uh, I really hope it's not the case, but it's hard for me to believe that he has two good games in a row, but I would just love to see it happen. Uh, I wrote another note, just Wendell and Janai just need to play normal, just play like they've been playing all season. And put Katie in a straight jacket so he doesn't shoot is also a note I have. Yeah, that's not the worst take. Um, I would I would probably agree with the whole limiting minutes for KD until he can figure things out. Zach, I'd be interested to hear what your thoughts are. Um, and you can kind of give – we've not heard from you uh, – your thoughts on the Arkansas win. Um, obviously, a huge win for the Tigers. Uh, and, and tomorrow still feels big, even though you're playing an 0-3 team. Tell me if I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, every I mean, every SEC, every SEC game is big in this league like you can drop a game we dropped a game to georgia who you've said already in this episode is not a very good basketball team probably a game we shouldn't have dropped but every sec game is big and with this i just see it coming down to big man play deny broom like you guys said once you get inside it's pretty much score at will with the one three one so and he's leading us in and points per game leading us with rebounds like i think he he should just impose his will on the uh rebels now Dylan, to, to kind of keep facilitating, you know, I'll flip this back to you for, for, for football. I usually run the point for basketball and then you run it for football because that's kind of our dynamic. And and Zach and Dylan uh, and, and Daniel have worked with Dylan and I long enough to know that that's kind of how we've always operated. Uh, um, but uh, to keep to kind of keep moving forward, I had a very good, <clears throat> excuse me, very good mailbag question um, asked to me by uh, at AU Barn Trooper, uh, which is great. Um, fantastic handle. <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry. Uh about a way too early tournament project, uh, projection um, for this team. And um, I, 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 I'll ask you guys, is there a world where Auburn's better than a five seed this year? Is there a world where Auburn's a five seed? Um, because I think that, I, I, you know, huge win over Arkansas, but keep everything in, in, in perspective here. Northwestern's got to play pretty well for that to be another quad one neutral site win. <laughs> um, and then you drop the ball um, at USC. You drop the ball. Um, against Memphis and uh, your resume is just kind of bleh outside of I mean the Washington win I guess is technically quad one at the time but they're kind of fizzling so that's kind of looking worse and worse Um, so there's a lot a lot of questions here I think the ceiling's a five seed guys I really do I don't want to talk it first yeah okay so so far I really think Auburn's most impressive win other than Arkansas is St. Louis I think St. Louis is at least on par with Washington and definitely anyone else that Auburn's played so far. In answer to um, seeding question, I, I see like a six or a seven is what I'm kind of feeling with this team. That's what I think too. Because if you look at their conference schedule, it's just not that tough. Like you have to go to um, 
you have to go to Tennessee, you have to go to Kentucky, and you have to go to Alabama. LSU. True. I forgot about that. We, okay. we think yeah. LSU – I mean, y'all tell me if you're if I'm wrong. I think LSU sneaky kind of good this year for no re- for literally no reason. It's definitely not a game you sleep <laughs> through. Um, that's I'm I'm kind of with you there with with you there Daniel about uh the yeah like you agree five seed ceiling um probably more like a six or a seven seed um yeah. Mr uh, Mr Card I'd, I'd be interested to see your thoughts on, on this maybe maybe you're a little more optimistic than the rest of us are. I mean, there's a lot of the season left. We have big games like you said, going to Florida, going to Bama, going to Kentucky. Those can definitely swing where we fall in the bracket. But I agree. I don't think we could get anywhere north of five really with i think we went out and we like barely might be above five i think if you went out you're a four seed because if you went out you're gonna well probably higher than that if you went out you won the sec so that's probably well, a little, little bit different there and you, you're, actually, you're actually probably a two or three seed uh but uh i i don't think auburn is going to win the sec this year i if they win uh, some kind of sec title it'll be an sec tournament getting hot at the right time and that might be the best case scenario for this team um dylan i'm curious to hear your thoughts um, before I kind of wrap up the men's basketball conversation um, and, and kind of transition over to, uh, God, another blowout loss for the women's basketball team. All right. Well, I'm going to, you know, uh, just say ceiling is a five seed and I also have a floor as a 10 seed. I think you're right. I, I don't, I, I absolutely. Cause I, I think we're riding high on the Arkansas win and we're just praying to the basketball gods that they keep this momentum and we don't ever see another Georgia game happen this the rest of the season. But I've been an Auburn fan long enough to just know there's always those games like Georgia that are sneaking in the shadows to happen again. And Alabama I think that, scares me. I think it has a – oh, Alabama should terrify you as an Auburn fan. I, I, I personally think Auburn's going to get swept by Alabama because I think Alabama's going to wind up being a one seed this year. Um, and uh, it'll be fine when – when Nate Oates takes the takes the Texas job and 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 that fizzles out, uh, one can manifest right. Um, yeah, the Nick Saban of college basketball, yeah, Nate Oates. <laughs> that was a hell of a comparison. Um, I did hear someone. I see someone on Twitter the other day, and I'm sure they listen to the podcast, and they're probably going to get pissed off for me. My DMs are open. You have my phone number. Um, someone sunshine pumping the other day, um, about the potential of Auburn being a last four in team. And I think that that's a very scary reality that that could happen. Um, if, if they stumble again, um, and, and there's a long way to go a long way home here. Um, someone sunshine pumping saying, Oh, well, there's someone, the record's so much better than the other teams that are on the bubble. Yeah. These other bubble teams are also playing real schedules. Auburn right. schedule pretty bad this year. Daniel, Daniel talked about a second ago. Yeah. So that's going to, I think, be the biggest thing that comes back and bites Auburn in the butt is um, the fact that the schedule's not tough. And then they're tougher, tougher non-conference games they lost. Um, That's going to look bad. So what you really need to do is I'm not saying you need to go into Coleman Coliseum and beat Alabama, but that game has to look good. They have to show up for that game. This is the year to end the losing streak to Kentucky and Rupp. This Kentucky team is just really not that good, comp- relatively. You know, it's Kentucky should be a sludge fest between them and Auburn, actually. <laughs> right. So if you go up to Rupp and end that Sonny Smith tenure losing streak, that's really what you need to do. And I, you need to at least look good in Knoxville. So basically, to wrap that up, all oh, Dylan's got dog. <laughs> to wrap that up, you have to look good on the road. And 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 card, I, if you if you want to chime in on this one, feel free. 
Is that not just the freaking mantra of Bruce Pearl teams the past three years? And this is not me throwing BP under the bus. Don't take that out of context. You SOBs that I know you're going to do it. You're going to come after me on Twitter because half of my Twitter following thinks I'm a freaking Bama fan. I have a big-ass piece of paper above my uh, camera that would say otherwise. Um, but um, I I just don't know that, that Auburn historically plays very well under the road under the Bruce Pearl. I'd be interested to see to see those numbers last year was certainly the Achilles heel. If you can't win on the road this year, I think that it's a, probably a very, very early exit in March. If you're there. So uh, kind of to put a nice little bow on our men's basketball. Did you want to chime anything else in? Do you have anything else to add crystal ball futures? Mr. Zach card? Uh, no, I mean, I have uh, Joe Lenardi's bracketology pulled up right now. We're in the last four buys. So we're just outside last four in as it stands three days ago. Yeah, according that to was, that was prior to um, prior to Arkansas, um, which is a tremendous game. But uh, yeah, so I mean, he had us at ten. We should probably be around like eight after that one, seven, eight seed. Right. So, be very interested to see where Auburn Auburn winds up there. Um, and Zach, before we transition over into women's basketball, I'm going to give you a chance to. Uh, int- I guess we should have done this at the top of the show, Dylan, but it's okay. Uh, let them int- let you introduce yourself. Tell everybody where they can find your work. Your little uh, shameless plug. And then we'll roll into the beatdown that was the women's basketball Iron Bowl. Yeah. Uh, so you guys can find me on Twitter at Zach Card underscore. I think it's just that. Um, yeah, I do a couple podcasts. I have the report card with Weagle 91.1. So that's radio show and podcast. I'm getting the time set up for that hopefully soon. And then I also run another one called the Splashcast about the NBA. Uh, we, we talk all things NBA on that. So, and I'm going to start working at WTVM in Columbus, Columbus, Georgia, as a news and sports intern. Very nice. And you're still the director of sports production? No, I stepped down in Eagle Eye. I'm just a reporter now. Ah, tragic. Now you get to change the handle just like I did to contributor at Eagle Eye TV. Yeah. Welcome to the welcome to the gang. Well, moving. Sorry, Dylan. Go ahead. I will say we skipped one thing on the rundown, the fact that Auburn actually moved up in the polls in the AP. Yeah, bonkers. Checked in at 21. Sure. I just wanted to throw it out there. I don't want to. Why not, right? You wrote you yeah. wrote it on there. I didn't want to skip something you wrote down. Yeah, it's okay. You know what? Life happens. Let's roll into the women's basketball portion, which should only take just a moment. Uh, Daniel Locke was there in person. Um, off the top of my head, I think it was 88-57. Is that yep. right? Uh, something like that. Um, yeah, I can't believe I had that one memorized because I I actually stopped paying attention after the third quarter. Um, that not Blackerby, if you're not if you're watching this, that's not true. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, what a beat down! And this team's in shambles, uh, Daniel. Uh, yeah, they are. Um, as for what went wrong yesterday, Brittany Davis is her from Alabama. She is one of the best collegiate women's basketball players I've ever seen. And, and Hannah from Homewood is cold. Yes, for sure. Uh, every, my best friend, Will, he's a the women's basketball beat writer for the Crimson White at the University of Alabama. He was sitting next to me at the game yesterday, and every time she did anything, he whispered that in my ear. And I was like, I, I get it, bud. She's cold. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, just one thing. Uh, she said in the press conference yesterday, so I assume this is good to report, but Aisha Kulabali has suffered a concussion. So you have to I assumed it was good to report. I put it on Sports Illustrated. So here okay. we are. Yeah. <laughs> um, you have to hope that she's good to go next Sunday, or that's gonna be yet another bloodbath. Number seven LSU Tigers down in Baton Rouge. 
I'm really not. Oh man, that that's gonna be pretty rough. Just in all honesty. But um, yeah, go on. And speaking of honesty, that that's a good little transition. I didn't even <laughs> do that. So honesty, Scott Grayson, she missed the last couple of games. She was back yesterday. She had six points, back to back three pointers, I think, um, something like that. And um, she had a lot of minutes, just not a lot of points. So. What this Auburn team needs to be successful is you need 15 from Romy Levy, and then you need 20 from Honesty and um, Aisha. And if you can't get that, you're just not going to win a lot in conference play. Well, it starts with getting them all on the floor at the same time, guys. Yes, um, true. Which has been an immense challenge for women's hoops this year. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, Card. I'm going to be real, man. I don't know how much you've been watching. This is the most perplexing team I've ever seen. Um they are so committed to defense until they're not. They're so energetic until they're flat. They're shooting the lights out until there's a limb on the rim of the uh, lid on the bucket. I cannot figure out this team to save my freaking life. And they've got a tough road ahead because they're. I mean, I'll go ahead and say it. It's going to be a bloodbath against LSU. Um, in and that game, that game's in in Baton Rouge. Yeah. Um, if you were you, if you were going to be in the win column right now, you should have beaten Missouri. You should have beaten Alabama, who I don't think Alabama's that good. Um, I think Auburn might be that bad. I, I think that the women's hoops are worse, significantly worse than we thought they were going to be this year. So kind of just to that point, if anyone wants to chime in, that's that's kind of all I got. We'll have a preview episode on that. Sorry, to, uh, Daniel, go ahead. I've just got a little nugget I wanted to add here. Those two um... – games that they had to open up conference play against Ole Miss and Missouri are now looking like massively blown opportunities. Oh, huge. Absolutely. Uh, you're, you're hundred percent right. And and it's, it's hard because they're probably going to stumble to Oh, and five after next and uh, next Sunday, we'll have a preview show for that uh, or preview segment for that on uh Sunday's show. And that's just a week. really hard hole to climb out of tough one really is. All right. Well, what did you guys expect from the team coming into the season? Like what were your expectations? Uh, I was hoping, hoping, not expecting. I was hoping for 500 in conference play, national championship. Okay, of course. I was, I was expecting five wins in in, in conference play. I, I was expecting four to five wins in conference play. And you um, don't think that's possible anymore? No, I don't. Um, if if you look down the schedule, I don't even have it in front of me. I know Auburn still has to play Alabama again. They still got to play Tennessee. They get USC twice this year. Um, and so they they got the road one out of the way. So might, maybe this time they don't get almost a century hung on them. Um, uh, let's see. There's still uh, Mississippi state still left. Probably going to lose that game. Uh, it, it's, it's tough. Uh, this is, it's this conference from top to bottom is good. Kentucky's uh, the reigning SEC tournament champions. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. Um, I, I, I don't know that four wins is possible. I mean, five sure as hell isn't. And clip that one for when they win six games in a row. Um, <laughs> Yeah, click that one off later. <laughs> Anyways, we'll we'll have a preview episode for that. I mean, if there's something you wanted to add to that card, feel free. It's just it, this no. Is... I was just wondering. I haven't watched uh, more than like probably two or three games this season, so I was just wondering what the expectations were. I I mean, we're in a rebuild year. What two or three under year two under, under Paris, and and uh, you kept thinking that this might have been. I mean, this freshman group is special, and and we'll, and, and we'll get to that later in the week. So, Dylan, I know you're itching to get to football. Uh, a little bit. I'm also itching to get this dog away from me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one home, so I am stuck with this 
chihuahua and this a hundred pound whining pit bull that is not pit bull boxer that is in the other room. Lovely. Yeah, but Auburn football had a great weekend. Uh, and our Twitter account also had a very fun Sunday. Shout out Coach Freeze, honestly. Shout out Coach Freeze for shouting us out, even though I was the only person that got to see that happen live. Sorry, I was asleep. As was I. Sleeping on the job. I can't Sleeping on the job, my boy. Never mind. One day I'm going to pull up the receipts. One day I'm going to pull the receipts out. <laughs> and we're going to figure out how many of these crews that wind up signing get discovered by me as opposed to the other to, to, to you, Dylan. And I'm going to pull up the receipts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we're going to look at some of the commits that came through. I think most of them are – I think all of them are just the transfers that we got. Uh, I know you didn't – did we get C.J. Johnson the same we day? Did. I thought that was Sunday we got him. Oh, no, yeah, you're right. My fault. Yeah, so I want to talk about him a little bit because I talked about him a little bit on uh, the Auburn Daily earlier today or yesterday as this is coming out. C.J. Johnson is six foot three hundred ninety three pound safety, and he adds – it's going to be our seventh defensive back in this recruiting class. There are so many DBs on this roster. It's unreal. And the best part about it, only two out of the seven are under six foot. And those two are Kai and Lee and Sylvester Smith. So whoa, 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 whoa. I'm okay with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. There we go. <laughs> but long gone are the days of Gus Malzahn recruiting five, eight and five, nine defensive backs. Now we have a six foot three safety coming in who squares up on tackles. I watched some film of him. He was squaring up on tackles. It's something I don't you don't usually see out of a guy of his stature. And Lance Daw compared him to a young Smoke Monday. So targeting, targeting calls season. targeting calls <laughs> coming back to the planes very soon. <laughs> I think it's a great pickup. He's a three star safety, but you know, it's really hard to get four stars as a defensive back because there's just so many. So he yeah. could also be one of those guys that could be – he's not – don't expect him to get as much playing time year one as some of the other guys in this class, like a Kai and Lee. But expect his name to be uh, <laughs> to be said very soon. Another Zach, guy I don't with, know how much you've listened, but I am in – I have a bromance for Kai and Lee because his film is so good. <laughs> um, Far and away my favorite. You're, you're muted, my boy. Yeah, sorry. The something in the library was going off. I had to didn't want the sound in, but I I don't ever keep up with recruiting. I'll be completely honest. Just hang around Dylan and I long enough, and we will teach you the way. Oh, I'm sure. It's, it's a just fine. a lot. It's it's a ton. It's a ton, but it's fun. And you know what else is fun? Demario Tolan. That's fun. He's fun. Four star linebacker transfer filling the the Papo hole. We talked about this. We figured that was going to happen. I literally said it on the on last podcast. I wouldn't be surprised if he signed by the time this came out. He signed 30 minutes after we released the last podcast. I just want to mic drop there. <laughs> um, that was a big moment for me. And uh, I can't take any credit. I just 100% have been reading a lot and talking to people. And I have done none of that research other than just people tell me. <laughs> hey, look at DeMario Tolan. He has six foot two, 222 pounds, nine tackles as a true freshman at LSU. And He's a you talk about replacing Owen Papo. This guy is Owen Papo Jr. He's with fast, four years of eligibility. With four years of eligibility. He is fast. He can cover the pass. He does need a little development in the pass rush area of his game, but I think in due time, especially with our defensive staff, 
he can he can get that fixed very soon. I and uh, Lindsey Crosby put out a depth chart piece, and he has Demario Tolan starting. This yeah, check that out over at the uh, at the Auburn Daily. That's a very very interesting piece to to look into because there's a lot of guys that you might recognize from this weekend that are on that list, including well, not actually not including, but um, another another guy adding to piece. Can I keep moving forward? Is that okay, Dylan? Yeah, it's fine. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Cincinnati wide receiver uh, Nick Mardner, who might be the most secretive man in college football. You talk about under the radar. I could not find a single thing about this guy anywhere where I didn't have to pay for it. Zach, let me tell you. I know you said you don't listen to um, – or not listen, but you don't follow recruiting all that much because it's a lot, and I get it. Um, once you catch the bug, though, I'll tell you this. It's addictive. It's very addictive. Yes, uh, yes, it is. <laughs> Um, and and that, in a good way, it's really cool to see these kids like actually be able to go and, and, and find places where they fit in between transfers and high school recruiting. It's addictive. Work in prep sports once. It'll change your life. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm being so serious. Um, now, this kid. I had never heard him called by name on any message board, any group chat I'm in, any phone call I've been in. All I knew was Cincy wide receiver. That was his name for a week. Yeah, Tar was texting me like there's supposed to be a Cincinnati receiver coming in, and he was just going through the transfer portal guys from Cincinnati, just listing off. Oh, it could be this guy, it could be this guy, it could be this guy, it could be this guy. To my to my credit, I figured it out before he committed. Yeah, you said the Mardner guy might be committing in 30 minutes. Was I wrong? I think it was almost 31 minutes from what I told you. <laughs> uh, it was about when I found out. It was about 31 minutes ago. But looking at his stat line for 2022 at Cincinnati, 19 catches, 218 yards, three touchdowns, one of which was in the back corner of the end zone. And we didn't mention before, Nick Marner is six foot six, 185 pounds. He's a big boy. I, I feel like this is kind of just another body, though. More than likely. Yeah. But, was, but if you look at his Hawaii, he played Hawaii for three seasons before he went to Cincinnati. 2021 20, stats, 46 receptions, 913 yards, five touchdowns, averaged 19.8 yards per catch. And can anyone guess who his wide receiver coach was while he was at Hawaii? Just take a random guess as to who it was. Nobody? Carr, you got it? No, I'll let you go. Marcus Davis. I thought who is, you Who is our yes, current wide receiver coach, where he had his best statistical season as a college wide receiver. Almost a 1,000-yard receiver, boys. 990 something 913 13 whatever it's basically a thousand who cares i got a journalism degree i, I can't do math <laughs> well he is a big body receiver with the ability to moss guys and he's got a, some sneaky speed to him if i had to compare him to anyone if you're a, a fan of the tcu horned frogs he looks a lot like quentin johnston go frogs with a hat in the back because the game's about to come on but yeah we're getting a quentin johnston type player i don't want to say he's in the same talent level as quentin but he looks a whole lot like him whenever he's playing and he might if he's just a body it's fine but he could be some be like a i don't want like a sal canella red zone type target yes hopefully with better hands well, but that's neither here nor there target number two in the red zone <laughs> after landon king and revolving yeah. fairweather I, and, question for you zach who's your favorite receiver on this team He's muted. Muted. <laughs> yeah, the, the library thing keeps going off. I think it's closing soon. Um, I don't know. There's one right answer. Do your homework and come talk to us later and tell us why. Okay, I will. Tell his us number, why his number might be 14. <laughs> it's 
his nickname might be Lando. Uh, one other uh, one other guy that we just need to talk about is going to be obviously uh, Brian Batty, um, running back out of USF. Uh, that was just kind of super random, um, and we'll touch base on that a little bit later in the week, probably because we'll get more kind of intel on that how that kind of gained traction so quick. I know um, some stats for him though. Uh, he was uh, last season rushed for one thousand one hundred eighty six yards and eight touchdowns. He that's the fifth most in USF history in a season. And in twenty twenty one, he was an All American kick returner. Had three kickoff touchdowns in 2021, so maybe, maybe get some good return game or back on the planes. Can he catch the ball when it's punted to him? I would assume so. That's been a pro. That was a problem in 2020. He was, he was not a punt returner. Just put it out that he was not a punt returner. Oh, just a kick returner. returner. Okay, gotcha. Um, now Micah M, which uh, Mazkua is what I'm gonna go with. Um, I'm go with Mazuka. With, you you sold me on Mazuka. I want it to be Mazuka so bad because then we could have. Oh man, there's so much potential there. Anyways, um, uh, he'll make his commitment announcement tomorrow night. Another battle, a uh, big boy in the trenches. Uh, off. Uh, excuse me. Um, guard from Baylor, and uh, yeah, Zach the rich get richer. Um, then Auburn's definitely doing that in the trenches right now. Now to wrap this show up, we got about mm, three minutes before Zoom is going to kick us off, Dylan. But we got time just for the little mailbag uh, mailbag question because God knows we don't need to hone in on this any longer. Um, Spencer Sanders is out. Period. Signed, sealed, delivered, and he'll probably commit the minute we finish this, this podcast. Just because I said that despite me, damn it. Um, <laughs> but we're going to go around real quick to the mailbag question. Here was. Who's the starting quarterback for the Auburn Tigers in 2023? Well, all right, Mr. Card, I'm going to throw, throw you to the Wolves. Robbie. Robbie Ashford. Robbie Ashford. Okay. Daniel Locker. Daniel, what you got for me? TJ Finley. No, I'm just playing Robbie Ashford. <laughs> you, scared, you almost got fired. <laughs> you said Robbie Ashford? Yeah, Robbie. Robbie. I, it's, I, I'm assuming it's going to be unanimous. Go ahead, Dylan. Let's just go Robbie Ashford. Why not? You're going to say Robbie Ashford? Yeah. What if I told you? Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be Robbie Ashford. If you He's name, say if you name another that. transfer quarterback name, I'm driving to Macon. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be Robbie Ashford. Thank you so much for listening to the College Loop Podcast. I'm Harrison Tarr of the Auburn Daily, joined by Dylan Lark of the Auburn Daily and the College Loop. Daniel Locke of Weagle, Eagle Eye, and the Auburn Plainsman, name it, and you name it, he's there. And Mr. Zach Carr, thank you for joining us today, buddy. And we'll talk transfer portal quarterbacks on Tuesday, Dylan, or on Thursday. I hate you. That's going to be the last thing I'm putting on there. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>